Yo, what's up? It's your girl, DJ Narc. Let me just start off with these fucking Mercury retrograde gripes that I have. How is it, okay? This podcast is not going to make any sense. Mercury's retrograde, Venus is retrograde, and the moon is fucking full in Cancer, okay? Western Cancer rising. My mind is occupied with this. Let me explain it to you. Why do I only have to keep track of three or four things on a daily basis and I can never seem to find them as soon as Mercury goes retrograde. One, the remote. Where the fuck does the remote go? Where does it go? It's like someone tells the remote, okay, Mercury's in retrograde, you can go hide now. Also, why is it particularly my remote? Everybody, like there have been times where this has stressed me so much. Like if I didn't have a Sonos, these are the most first world problems by the way. If I didn't have a Sonos and couldn't turn down my TV with my phone, I don't know what condition my neighbors would be in. That's how often I lose the fucking remote. Where does it go? And it's always like right in front of me. As soon as Mercury retrograde hits, it's like I can't see things that are right in front of me. Two, a claw. All I need to keep my hair out of my face is a claw. Why do I never have one? I have 30,000 in these three rooms. Where do they go? Don't know. On that note, let's quickly talk about the spectrum. So I always thought that my mom was just awful for cutting my hair short like a boy and keeping it short like a boy the entire time I was growing up. I thought it was because she was selfish. I'm just gonna be really honest. I thought it was because she was selfish. I thought it was because she was uh, preoccupied with work. I thought it was because she just didn't have the motherly instincts that it takes to like sit down and comb or brush a child's hair because she was never taken care of and completely neglected her whole childhood. So she doesn't have any of that vocabulary. I thought it was because of that. And maybe, maybe some of it was that. I'm pretty sure it was that. But I also had some much more um, hateful theories, you know, as to what the fuck was wrong with her. Um, And now, after all these years, it turns out um, that there are things that I have been keeping to myself and just kind of bearing for my whole life that are very, very, very hurtful to me and troublesome and and cause me great emotional distress. But I've never said anything to anyone about it because it just seems so sensitive. Now, I have, as a child, been diagnosed with hypersensitivity. So I am hypersensitive. That I know. I have hypersensitive allergic reactions. Um, I'm, I'm hypersensitive. I can hear very well. Uh, which makes me actually very, very, very quiet. Um, People don't really appreciate being in a big house with me because I kind of sneak up on you. Um, But I never really took it past that. And that, that was someone like in Pakistan who was a doctor and who just saw like how one mosquito bite just destroyed my leg. Uh, for days and was like okay well you obviously have a hypersensitivity and then we started talking more about it and he was like oh okay so you're you're hypersensitive to everything and I was like I think so and then my mom brought up the whole being allergic to anything but 24 karat you know so it just so okay here we are 
But it turns out, um, okay, well, I'll just go through it. I did it on the live and a lot of people who know about this told me about it, but you know, I've, I've done my own research since then. I've talked to people. So, um, yeah, we can just run down the list. It's a short one. If uh, my hair is touching my face, I can't think straight. Mm, sometimes it feels like my hair hurts my face. Like, mm, I don't know what the word for job is. Job is like when, some, uh, when something is sticking you, like a needle. That's how it feels. Um, if I don't move my hair off of my skin, whether it's my face or my back or my shoulders, and it stays there, it will start to create this emotional distress inside of me that I can't stop. Like I need to get my hair off my face and off my skin. And if my hair is going to be on my skin, uh, which is almost never, uh, then it has to be really, really smooth and really, really straight and kind of like full of product. So it's very silky because my hair is very coarse. It's not silky at all. Um, I have no idea why it appears so on film. It is not at all. It is extremely coarse. Carolina has the silky version of my hair. My hair is coarse, coarse, coarse. Um, so there's that. So that's one thing. So now I understand why my mom from a very, very young age kept my hair so short that it would never even be near my eyes or my face. And now I remember, it's so funny how our memories are so selective. Now I remember her telling me through my whole childhood, you can't handle having hair in your face. You can't have hair in your face. And I'd be like, well, I always took it as like she was trying to tell me what I could and could not handle. Or like she was trying to tell me all the time what to do. That's the thing about Aries is that even when they're right, a lot of times nobody listens to them because it's the delivery. Like the delivery is off. Like I'm not going to do what you're just fucking telling me to do. I'm sorry. I don't give a fuck if it's the right thing to do. I'm not doing it just because you're fucking telling me. Like talk to me. Don't talk at me. You know, but she talks at people because she's a military person. She doesn't have time to talk to you. She has time to talk at you and then she has a lot more shit to do. So she would say some shit like that and walk away and never took like the five minutes to explain what the fuck that meant. But honestly, she doesn't have the fucking vocabulary to do it, nor does she have the emotional referential like experience to even know what the fuck it means to sit down and talk to somebody. You know, this is a woman who has literally made herself out of nothing and, and is funded and based completely in her belief in God, nothing else. Nothing else has helped her. Nothing else has... No one has opened any doors for her. Nobody even fucking took care of her when she was a fucking baby. Nobody fucking fed her. Like, she was so malnutrition that her hips warped from malnutrition. Do you understand how hungry you have to be as a child that your hips become misshapen? <clears throat> so she doesn't know... How to sit down and be like, you know, I think you might be on the spectrum <laughs> because 
you from a very young age can't handle anything touching your skin or touching your your touching your face she would say face but she always kept all my skin completely covered they knew that from when i was really little because i just i i just was too sensitive so now as an adult there's all these other things that that i've begun to like connect the dots like if there's a tag in the side of a shirt or on the collar of a shirt or some kind of design on the front, now I'm talking like desi clothes, that sticks me. I, I cannot think straight. I can't, I can, I can try to grin and bear it. It's the same thing if I run my fingers through my hair and my hand gets caught on my hair and one of my hair gets, one of my hairs gets pulled because of a tangle. It's that, it's that small of a stimuli. And I just, there is a part of me, <laughs> the sensitive twin, just wants to break down into tears. Because it's too much. And somehow, because I am the product of such an extremely hard upbringing, I just learned to suppress it. And over the past few days, I've been thinking about it. And honestly, it's been making me kind of sick. Like the memories have been causing emotional reactions that have physical consequences. I'm thinking back to every Indian occasion or every Pakistani occasion or any Muslim occasion where my mother forced me to wear something that I didn't want to wear that was way too small for me height-wise because she was tiny and she just thought we could share all the same clothes. Why should she have to buy more Indian clothes for me? Um, just, just shit like this. <clears throat> that just gives you a very good like idea of like what my mother is like. And then on the front of these clothes would be all this work. And it was like putting on a shirt of knives. And I'm thinking back to all these times that I think I made myself forget where I was walking around at some party with, with so many people. I hate being in big crowds of people. I'm, I, I just don't like it at all. And then wearing something that makes me feel like I'm dying. And then of course, when I'm thinking about these occasions, the end of these occasions is always some terrible, um, you know, emotional breakdown privately that I'm having, that nobody is witnessing, but I'm completely miserable. And I've begun to put all these things together as I have to kind of force myself to wear more and more varied clothing because of the channel because if it was just up to me, I would be wearing black cashmere day and night for the rest of my life. And I would be very happy. Unless I had to like show out and go to an event or something, that's what I would wear all the time without, without exception. And that is basically what I wear aside from cotton t-shirts and bamboo boxers when I'm not, you know, making content. But because I have to, and because I very much enjoy it, I've had to expose myself to all kinds of different fabrics. And I'm learning 
Because when you sit down to try to create content and you have to use your whole mind, you're going to notice right away when you can't, when there's something that's distracting you, bothering you, upsetting you. But it, at such a sublimated level, it is so deep within because it has had to be pushed that deep within. There's no time for emotional breakdowns in my family. You know what I mean? Like, he's just fucking, let's go. What do you mean it's itching you? Like, what, are you going to cry because your shirt is itching you? No, but like, you don't understand. I feel like I'm dying. I can't think straight. You're talking, but I don't really understand what you're saying. My mind is starting to misfire. I can feel it. And the conclusion I've come to is that I'm right at that border where my mind works super, super fast, right? I've got that like thing where like it, it's going really fast, but it's also going so fast that if you stick a, you know, just a tiny little uh, wisp of a branch in the wheel, that bike is getting flipped up in the air. It could, because you're just going so fast, right? So any little adverse stimuli makes this thing that's, you know, just running at super high speed, it makes it misfunction. Like it can't, it can't misfunction at that speed. And when it does, it's just like, okay, I'm, you know what? I'm, I'm shutting down then because I can't work in these conditions. And if I'm not here to regulate your emotions because I'm not working in these conditions, then good luck with the other twin. Because now she's irritated, she's upset. You put her in a group of, you know, in a huge group of people. Half the people she can tell just by looking at their faces what the fuck they're thinking. There's this shirt of knives on her chest. There's actual hives breaking out all over her chest and all over her neck. And my mom would look at me at these parties and say, Oh, you have those red bumps again. So, why bring that up at the mother full moon? Ha <laughs> ha! You know it's okay to mother yourself, right? You know it's okay to reparent yourself. You know it's okay to go back as an adult to those memories and look at your childhood self and say, you know what, this that's happening right now, this is fucked up. This shouldn't be happening. You should be taken home. You should be given a Benadryl. You should be put in some soft cotton tagless shirts and, and, and put to bed. That's what should be happening right now. You shouldn't be out for three more hours and then have to listen to your mother talk the whole way home about how she wishes that you were more social. That's not what should be happening. You're allowed to go back and reparent yourself. I know that every single one of you who's listening to this has some version of that story. Even if your parent was the best parent in the world, maybe it wasn't your parent. Maybe some fucked up shit happened to your dog or to your friend or to you, your friend did something. Or you there are, what I'm saying is nobody's perfect. And nobody raises perfect kids and nobody does a great, perfect job at parenting. And I'm sure somewhere in there are holes where you can go back as an adult and you can mother yourself. You can parent yourself and you can look that child in the eye and say, remember, remember, the CIA has already told us that our imagination is not what we've been told it is. Imagination is not make-believe. Imagination is travel. Period. Drink something. So if imagination is travel... 
Okay, not if, because imagination is travel. When you go back, when you time travel, when you go back to those moments, let's go back. Let's go back to Umber in that black shirt with the work all over it, with those knives sticking into her chest. Let's go back to that moment where for a second, she looked in the mirror and thought, hey, I actually look kind of cute. Let's go back to the moment after that when the auntie came up to her and her mom and said, my God, Miss Khan, your daughter is so pretty. It's such a shame she's so black. You're rather light. She's so dark. Is her father dark? Let's go back to that moment as adults. Let's see that badass, what, 14, 15 year old version of me? Hey, listen up, kid. This what's happening right now, this is fucked up. You're in a fucked up situation. But you know what? Everything's gonna be okay. And all the things that everybody's telling you right now that are wrong with you, all the things they get mad at you for, those are the things that people are gonna love about you. Don't worry. Right now though, you should probably go to the bathroom, get some tissue, and put it on the inside of that shirt. Now you can do this. You can do this. You can go back and you can say whatever you want. You can say whatever you want. You can do whatever you want with your past self. And your past self will be receptive to it. And you will feel the difference in you here in this moment right away. Immediately. You can do this again and again and again. And as you do this, you will realize something that is central and really important. You are a magician. You are magic. Time traveling. Healing. How many different versions of you? Think about it. If you go back to one of those pivotal moments, you're not just changing the you here now, you're changing all the yous and all the here's and all the now's. And you can do this over and over and over again. And you know what happens to you in the present? Well, you just quite suddenly become so much more understanding of yourself because that understanding has been planted in your mind 25 years before and has been sitting there growing, not dormant, just silent, waiting for this moment so the two can be connected, so you can understand what you need to do for you from now on to not give in to that pain to those feelings. It's one thing to feel neglected. It's another thing to have an actual physical condition 
that was exacerbated by that neglect because then how do you extricate one from the other? You still have the thing. I'm still hypersensitive. I still can't wear tags. I still can't wear certain jewelry. I still can't wear certain clothes. Fuck, I can't even let someone run their fingers through my hair unless I really, really, really trust them. Why do you think I only fuck with Virgos? Because they're soft and they're delicate and they're clean. And when they touch you, you know they're clean and you know that they smell nice and that they're going to breathe lightly on you and that everywhere they go, they're going to make sure they leave it the way they found it. There's a reason. It's not just this like obsession with being around people who don't understand their own feelings and don't know how to uh, how to articulate them. I mean, that's fun too. <laughs> that's attractive to me and men because I'm an idiot. Um, but aside from that, it definitely is about that. You know, you've got to, I've got to restructure my life in a way where I have to stop grinning and bearing it and take these things into account seriously because these sensitivities, they run my life. And there's no way that I'm ever going to get over the trauma of being neglected as a child if I can't extricate this very real thing that needs to be taken care of from something that honestly needs to be left behind and doesn't have any place in my life anymore. One of these things needs to be moved on from and the other needs to be addressed in real time, but they're all bound up together. And that's really interesting. (laughs) Yeah, it's something to deal with, but it's also really interesting. That's the power of being a Gemini. You can see something and feel something and be going through something and still somehow have the superhuman ability to step outside of it and see it from the outside in the theory of it and say, wow, that's really interesting. And I think that's what ultimately motivates us to keep going. Even though, as you may know from the Geminis you have around you, we go through a lot. We have a really, really, really tough time. This strange notion that's been built up over the past, like maybe 25 years that Geminis just have it really easy or like we're this like charmed group of people. I don't know where it comes from because every example of a Gemini that you have in front of you is someone who has gone through some major, major, major shit. Tragic shit right this is the this is why we're able to but 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 i understand but i also understand why we have the reputation we do because it's so hard to keep your mind on the ill shit that we're going through when you see us push through with such grandeur it's very easy to minimize the tragedy in our lives even though it's very public it's very easy to minimize it because of how well we rise how quickly we bounce back and with such panache and flair. Yes, I said panache. Drink something. But yeah, in theory, it's really interesting. It's been as simple as cutting all the tags out of my clothes. It's been as simple as wearing a turban at home. So I don't have to touch my hair and my hair doesn't have to touch me it's been as simple as becoming really fastidious about keeping the floor super clean keeping everything super clean it was already but it's even more now it's become about not putting that thought off of that one little thing that's sitting on the table that you should just pick up and put away It's about not walking past it 15 times in two days. 
and every time having it stick out in your very sensitive mind as something that's bothersome. You know, it's almost like when you're neglected as a child, you train yourself to never do the things that you need. It's like even when you start to do the things that you need, you feel like you're doing too much, like you're indulging, like you're spoiling. That that's what neglect does to you. It makes you feel like when you're just doing the basic shit that you're supposed to be doing for yourself, that you're spoiling yourself or that you're being indulgent or you're being too much. Because your base level, right? The bar is in fucking hell. That's why. But but you still got to do it. And if that means that you need to get really good at being indulgent, then that's what it means. I'll tell you like this. My issue with being indulgent runs very deep. When I see people being indulgent with even like their animals, there is like this weird, deep anger that rises in me. Like it, listen, it's real. I be getting pissed. Like, but I'm recognizing more and more that that has nothing to do with them. And it has everything to do with me being so put off by a sentiment that I never got to experience. I mean, my dad is a great dad, but not an indulgent dad. I don't know from another person outside of myself, except except one, except one Virgo. I don't know what it means to have someone be indulgent of me. And let me just, and and no, to be fair, and Brad and my first husband, to be fair, I think I, I must have even called it to myself. I must have attracted it because I needed it so bad. But then, you know, we do this thing where we find somebody who is a mirror for that childhood relationship that we can't seem to heal. And then we try to love that person and try to make that person love us because we feel that if we can heal this dynamic, which is exactly the same as the dynamic with the troublesome parent or caregiver, then we will essentially have healed that thing within us that we didn't get. But no, all that person does is come in and, and hit exact, hit you right where you're wounded over and over again. You've just called another person into your life that is not a good person or not, or, or not good for you. Whose dynamic is such trash and it's the exact trash that you've been dealing with your whole life. So even though what you want is to heal from it, ooh, it's so comfortable and it feels so good to slip back into that shit, actual literal shit and just sit there. And some people sit there their whole lives not even realizing they're sitting in shit. It just feels so much like home. But you grew up in a fucking pigsty. What are you talking about? Yeah, it feels like home, but but can we have a little bit of like outside? You know what I mean? Like can we look at can we have some perspective? Yes, it feels like home, but that's because home was a pigsty and you grew up in shit. And now someone's putting you in shit again and you're like, "Mm. But I'm going to make him love me." But you're still sitting in a pile of shit. Listen, the full moon <laughs> 
I have literally had to stay away from my mother for the past week because if I see this woman, I'm going to tell her the truth. And if I tell her the truth, she's going to cry and this woman doesn't cry. And if, she's, if she cries, then my dad's going to get mad at me and then my dad's not going to speak to me and that's actually going to hurt my feelings. So I don't want to do that. So I'm literally just isolating myself from her because the way I'm talking to you is the way I'm talking to everybody right now. Like the, the, the Uber guy, like it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who I'm speaking to. Just this level of bluntness. Like I have not spoken to my sister-in-law in a couple of days. Because that is not a relationship where you should be fucking blunt with people. Your sister-in-law is not the person you should be blunt with. That's your brother's wife. You know what I'm saying? Like, so anyone I know, mother, sister-in-law, anyone I know that's like a precarious relationship, the Leos are like, where the fuck is our video? Listen to me. <laughs> You know how sensitive you fucking are, all right? The only friends I've ever lost in my life, I never lose friends. The only friends, the two people that I've ever lost in my life, both Leo women. Because this one time I said something that made them think that maybe they weren't the center of the world and they were just, they never got over it. They were just like, oh my God, like you're just like not paying attention to me. You're not listening to me. I can't believe and and when I said I'm not paying attention to I'm not listening to you because you're not the most important thing in my life right now that was like the end of it they just never wanted to speak to me again so if I know for a fact that y'all can't handle bluntness why would I do your video right now I, I'm terrified to do your video I have not been able to stop being blunt for days I just can't help myself I don't know what the fuck is going on with me like the things that are coming out of my mouth <laughs> I'm surprised myself. I'm literally surprised, shocked. As soon as I say something, I go, <gasps> why did I say that? I don't know. <clears throat> I don't know. I don't know. But I think it has something to do with being more comfortable. I think the fever and the chills and all the other stuff and the, it was all part of like, you know, reliving this emotional terror of no one around you just picking up on the fact that like, yo, maybe this girl is like a little, you know, like maybe this girl is a little more than just sensitive. Like maybe she needs something that we're not providing. It just was never a question. And now that I am in my own life starting to take baby steps towards that nurturing and caring that I should have received, it's actually opening my eyes to so many other things. Now that sort of indulgent behavior that people have with their pets, it doesn't, it doesn't bother me the way that it did. It doesn't. Because I'm beginning to see that what was bothering me was something that I didn't have and that I needed and that I didn't get. Okay. So now that we have that full moon mom thing out of the way, can we talk about uh, these uh, fake Pokemon cards? The only thing I have to say about... Which one was it? Jake Paul, Logan Paul. How can you tell them apart? Let me look it up. How do you tell them apart? I don't know. It doesn't even, I didn't even put it. I didn't even put it in the post. Listen to this. I just want you to listen to someone hold on, hold on, quote the Matrix. Nobody quotes the Matrix like they should. Yeah, right? Listen. Why isn't this one say first edition on it? Oh, no. And, yeah. No, not like this. No, like this. 
Did you hear it? That's Jake Paul or Logan Paul, whoever the fuck it is. I don't know. I can't tell the difference between the two of them. I'm so sorry. It's not a racist thing. It's just the asshole thing. Um, not like this. Not like this. And you even said it like she says it. Like Switch says it. Wait. Do you remember the moment? Tell me you remember it. Matrix. We're fucking Caesar, you know. Asshole. What's his name? Cypher. Where Cypher is like unplugging them all while he's on the phone with Trinity. And then and then Switch looks at her and she's like, not like this. Not like this. She, he did it. He did the voice too. I love it. I love it. Do I have anything else to say about it? Not really. I mean, listen. I think win stupid games, play stupid games, win stupid prizes is just a really great way to explain so much of what's going on in the world right now <laughs> that I really have nothing else to say about it. Now, let's talk about Kanye. Um, Y'all gonna stop fucking with Kanye. Okay? Because let me tell you something. All the tricks that you've used on every other leader, activist, is not gonna work. Every other ploy, every other technique, that entire room full of binders you got on how to deal with the problem of spiritual liberation in the black community, they're not going to work. I'm telling you now, Kanye West is a success. Kanye West will continue, mashallah, to be a success. Kanye West has told you already that he is meshing the worlds of the material and the spiritual. And he will. And he will continue to do so. And he will be a success. And with this, he will bring an awareness that y'all are going to want to get rid of. And you're going to try everything in your binders. You're going to try everything in your manuals. You're going to have all the meetings and all the groups. You're going to send out all the saboteurs. Okay? You're going to pay his closest people. You're going to turn them. You're going to threaten them. You're going to do all the things. You're going to do all the things. And just when you think you got him, he's going to pop up in China somewhere. Listen to me. He is faster than you. He's smarter than you. Y'all don't think you know. Like, y'all don't realize it. You think you know what you're doing, but you don't. Okay? This entire thing that he puts on, all I have to say to you is Marilyn Monroe. Do you honestly think Marilyn Monroe is stupid? I love how that's what men love about her. That, like, they actually think that she was dumb. The bitch is a Gemini. Do you honestly think that she was stupid? It was an act. It was an act. I had this real bitchy Virgo in high school tell me once, like senior year after I beat her ass in everything. Got better grades at everything. Beat her ass in speech. Beat her ass in a speech competition. Beat her ass at Model UN. Anytime this bitch tried to be like, I'm the best, I would just fucking destroy her. I would decimate her every chance because I just didn't like the fact that she was always like, yeah, I'm the best. Like, no, you're not. 
calm down. Just, no, you're not. You're, you're slightly higher than average. Um, and even though she lost everything to me all four years straight, her recourse was that she would just go around to everyone and be like, she's such a bimbo. She's so stupid. She's such a bimbo. She's so stupid. Now, I could have just been like, yeah, but I'm getting better grades at you than everything. But I just never told anyone. She would tell everyone that she was acing everything and that she was getting the best grade. And I just never said anything. And she would go around to everyone and be like, gosh, she's such a bimbo. She's such a bimbo. She's such a bimbo. And then I think it was senior year. It might have been the end of junior year. All of a sudden, out of nowhere, she looks at me and she goes, uh, it's an act? It's an act. <laughs> Bro, you're dumb. Of course it's a fucking act. I've been kicking your ass in every fucking class, in every way, in every extracurricular for four years. Of course it's a fucking act. And then she got real like, philosophical about it she looked at me and she was like why and I was like yo Chris you don't have to be the smartest person in the room all the time sometimes being the smartest person in the room means that no one's gonna tell you shit do you understand he's too smart for you by the time you think you got him this motherfucker is gonna be in Cuba listen you don't understand <laughs> You don't understand. You think you do. You think you got this thing beat. But I'm telling you. And I'm telling you now, even though y'all probably don't, people my age don't realize it. People Kanye's age, our age don't realize it. But there are little, little kids right now who are watching what Kanye's doing and how he's moving. And they're not seeing the tabloid shit that you see. They're not seeing the stupid Kim shit and this and that and the dating and this. They see $9 billion. They see someone that came from one of the most violent cities in the world. A poet. They see a poet that made $9 billion. You can't stop this train. The minds that he's opening just by, you know, it's learned by example. He's teaching you by example. I'm not just saying this shit. I'm about this shit. And it works. Look, results. You know, you, you can't, you can't call him crazy when everything that he's saying keeps panning out. You can't call him stupid when this motherfucker sitting on 9 billion that he made himself off of his own mind. And we could get stuck in the fucking minutia of his personal life right now. But why you think he only talks about himself in relation to people like Elon Musk? Because Kanye knows who Kanye is and what level Kanye has always been at. Kanye would have been talking about Elon Musk 20 years ago if Elon Musk was Elon Musk 20 years ago. Kanye was still Kanye 20 years ago is what I'm trying to tell you. The reason he talks that way, the reason he moves the way he does when it comes to business and investing and the way he does interviews, the way he talks, he is talking to 9, 10, 11 year olds. Trust me. You know how I know? Because that's who the fuck I'm talking to. Yeah. The people that are my age, the, you, you guys in your 30s, I get it. We're, we're simpatico. I get it. We're, we're good. But this is not really for us. The people who are really going to be impacted by my words or by the things, the insights that I may share are people who are still very young. 
you know who you guys are. Some of you guys started watching me when you were 16, 17. And now you're adults. Those, those are the people that our words and our actions and the way we behave has to be focused on. You know, that's always been my huge problem with Rihanna. I'm not a role model. Well, you don't have a choice. <laughs> you, don't, you don't get to choose that. You are. You are. And what she's done is that she's shown with her behavior, with her, the businesses she opened, especially the charity work that she does, that she does, in fact, understand that people are following her. But when she first started and started doing all her crazy shit where she was just acting out against the fucking record label that was satanic, I get that she was like, I'm not a role model. But even she has learned, yes, in fact, you are. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with it. Look at somebody like Kanye. You don't have to be normal to be a role model. You can be a rebel. You can be a nonconformist. Don't let the idea of young people looking up to you make you feel confined. That's not, that's not a prison that you live in. That's honor. Someone is honoring you in looking up to you and seeing you as a role model. And you have an obligation to that. You have an obligation to the honor that they are bestowing on you. You know where that obligation comes from? From your honor. You also have to have honor within you. To recognize that somebody else is giving you that honor. Do you understand? That has to inform the way you speak, the way you dress, what you do, what you show in public, what you don't show in public. These things matter. And I know, I know, I know how that sounds, except when you put it in the context, I'm fucking talking about Kanye West. I'm not talking about somebody who doesn't make waves. I'm not talking about somebody who doesn't upset the, the status quo. He does all the time. So I'm not saying you have to be a straight edge arrow. You don't. But you still have to think and move in terms of the people who are half your age looking at you as an example. Because they are. Okay, let's continue. Baba called. All right, all right, all right. I'll stop my Kanye rant. My friends, my friends being so amazing. Let's talk about my friends being so amazing. Um, so <laughs> God was like, I'm going to give you neglectful parents and absentee family members. But I'm going to give you two great brothers. And then also, I'm just going to throw in there. A Virgo that will do anything for you, which would be Carolina. She is literally this week doing something for me that nobody in my life, nobody else in my life would do for me. She is taking on a burden and doing something really far outside of her comfort zone just to help me. And you know what the fucked up part is? I didn't even ask her. She volunteered. Just let that sink in. She volunteered to do something for me that I didn't have the guts to ask her to do. That's how big of a favor it is. And she just casually, okay, volunteered herself. Virgo, I'll do it. Don't worry about that. I'll do it. I was like, you'll do what? <laughs> You can't do it. She was like, no, I'll do it. It's fine. 
I was like, no, Carolina, you can't. And she was like, of course I can. That was it. Do you understand how much shit that she has done for me like that? And I've never heard it about it again. This woman has never brought up a single thing she's ever done for me. She's never brought it up again. You know what I learned from this? Don't get mad. (laughs) The next Virgo I date, I'm never bringing up the things I do for them. Because I think I realize they probably hate that more than they hate anything because they never fucking do it. I learned that. That's huge for me. And also, ew, I don't want to be that person. Ew, that's my mom. No, (laughs) right? This is what this fucking full moon does. Do you see? Do you see? Okay, what's next on the list? I want to stick to this list because you guys are excited about this list. Four, Buckingham Palace, a mood. So. (laughs) Yo, the queen? Honestly, I don't know if I have beef with the queen. Drink something, please. I don't know if I have beef with the queen. Because the queen be on her bullshit, right? The queen is very like, I'll ride with you until it's between me and you. And if it's between me and you, it's me. (laughs) I'm not mad at it. I'm not mad at it. She was like, hey, yo, Andrew, get the fuck out of here. Wow. That's wow. 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 So protecting an intelligence operation is so important that you'll sacrifice royalty. That's some Cold War shit. That's interesting. That just shows you the level at which the people are that need to be protected. Like even Andrew doesn't need to be protected. There's something or someone or some secret even above that. That needs to be protected. That's why he's being offered up. You think the queen's just giving you her son? You think it's like that? It's like, listen, it's like this. It's like a gun was put to her head. Like, it's him or her. And she was like, it's him. He's gotta go. That's it. But who do you think is holding the gun? Is what I'm saying. Who is holding the fucking gun to the queen of England's head? Somebody tell me. Somebody tell me. Because obviously somebody is. See, y'all get it twisted sometimes when I put like a mood or a vibe. You're like, oh, is she agreeing? No, I'm not agreeing. I just, this is a mood. This is so much more nefarious than it seems. Who, pray tell, needs to be protected above the queen's son? Hmm. I wonder, do you think she'll retire? Or do you think she'll keep hanging on? The queen reminds me of a woman I know, an older woman, who I've often said is never going to die. I mean, this bitch is never going to die. She has too much to live for. (laughs) Just like the queen. (laughs) Just like the queen. She has too much to live for, yo. (laughs) Oh, my God. The tragedy. Okay, 
So, yes, my friends are amazing, and Queen Elizabeth is, you know, she's doing what she's got to do. Like, it's not her fault that her son could not tell that that girl wasn't an adult or that her son is too much of a douchebag to care or that her son is a fucking pedophile and wanted the girl to be underage. It doesn't matter. It's not her fucking problem. If it really comes down to it, she's doing what she needs to do for her, and I really just don't see anything wrong with it. I really don't. For her. For her. She's just a mood. But the more important thing here is who is actually pulling these fucking strings? And how much power do they have? Because they have a lot more power than she does. And okay, her power is like negligible. I get it. But she's still a figurehead. Right? Who Who's pulling the strings? That's what I want to know. And on that note, I have something else to say. And I know this is going to sound really weird, but, like, I don't think it's weird at all. It's something that's been on my mind for weeks now. And I just, I'm so irritated. I just need someone to tell me why. Why y'all fuck with Jews? Why y'all don't leave Jews alone? What did they do to you? This shit drives me crazy. Y'all just arbitrarily picked a group of people from the Middle East who are even close to your skin color. They're not even like that much different from you. And y'all just hate them. And I don't understand. I've been watching all these like neo-Nazi things on Frontline, like the neo-Nazi movement that's growing in America. What the fuck is wrong with you guys? Like, what is it? Why can't you leave them alone? They want to be left alone. They want to study they want to work, they want to make money, they want to have a good life. They like, what the fuck? They're like every other fucking minority. Why won't you leave them alone? I don't get it. I find it so, I find anti-Semitism so deeply distasteful. Like, yo, they're not doing anything to you. And now we go to this, you know, this, this correlation that is always made between like this conflation of positions of power and and people who are jewish bro if you want to be mad at israelis be mad at israelis be mad at israelis for their political policies and their for for their global interventionists which they learned from their fucking master the u.s be be mad at the political structure be mad at the government structure what does their religion have to do with it this shit drives me fucking crazy you're talking about a people of the book. You're talking about God's first people. What the fuck is wrong with you? Like, you just... you And, and this is the part that really gets me with the neo-Nazis and the, and the Christians that hate Jews. Bro, Jesus is a Jew. What the fuck is wrong with you? Like, what the fuck is wrong with you? If you can bring yourself to believe that a human that walked on two legs is God then can't you have enough fucking respect for his religion? If I believed that God was a human being, <laughs> I would probably convert to the religion that he used to be. Not for nothing. No, I'm not kidding. <laughs> like, that's the type of logic I work off of. Like, if I actually believed that there was like a human being walking around who used to be God, yo, I would find out everything about God and go be that. I would like move to Jerusalem and become a Jew and like grow my hair out more 
and wear sandals and like like I would like if I I'm telling you I'm telling you (laughs) I know how it sounds but I'm actually not being facetious I don't understand you guys when you hate Jewish people why are you doing this it's so distasteful there was another attack right now like I think it was yesterday on a synagogue bro come on this shit is disgusting and and also not to be like a bimbo but like can we stop with the fucking 1930s rhetoric honestly we're in 2021 it's been a really long time since people were stupid enough to believe that just because you believe in a religion that makes you bad like i'm sorry as a muslim i can't fucking stand it because we're going through it right now our 1930s is right now we're fucking living through that shit you're destroying our part of the world you're trying to fucking eradicate us and i can't help but notice that like you know you tried to fucking destroy them and eradicate them and you still hate them now like yeah like it's not even like the holocaust made y'all think and be like oh maybe we shouldn't be mean to you you just like hate them more it's so fucked up and it's so rooted in racism to be perfectly honest it's just fucking racism and and fear of anything that may be even a little bit more magical than what you think you got going on like i don't get it i find it deeply deeply distasteful i really do it really fucking gets on my nerves like you want to have a problem with a country who has policies that are a certain way go ahead I'm all for it. You know where I stand. But this idea that you can just blanket hate a group of people because of how they worship their God is so beyond disgusting. And especially like, what kind of idiot are you? You're closing yourself off from a segment of the population that is ostensibly probably the most well-educated, the most interesting to talk to, some of the most successful people you're ever going to meet, if we're going to stereotype in a positive way here, like you're, you're cutting yourself off from a minority that isn't just like doing nothing. <laughs> you're cutting yourself off from a minority that's really interesting. Like you can't keep conflating the fucked up things that a corporation does, a country does with religion because that's like, especially as a Muslim. Because we're going through this right now. People are doing this to us and you know how fucked up it is. So we're, we should be the first people speaking up about how not to do this to other people. It's our job, right? It's, it's our job. It's incumbent on us to do, we have to do this. And if you look back in history, this is what the Jews did for us. Part of the reason that Islam was able to spread the way that it did, part of the reason that Islam was welcomed in the countries that it was welcomed into was because the Jewish population supported us. You know, these are the facts and these are the histories that people don't, that they don't want you to know. It is our, it it is incumbent on us. We must do it. I keep wanting to say, we have to do it. Because we know what it feels like. For someone to look at our fathers and our brothers and think they're fucking, you know, bomb-toting terrorists just because they have brown skin. 
You think because a, because a man prays in a synagogue, he's what? He's the Israeli prime minister? Grow the fuck up, bro. It's disgusting. It's just as disgusting as hating black people for the color of their skin. It's just as disgusting as thinking that every fucking brown person is a terrorist. All this shit is the same. You can't somehow exclude anti-Semitism because some of them look white. Nah, it's the same fucking shit. It's discrimination against the minority and it's fucked up. Like watching that neo-Nazi shit, it hurt my heart. That Frontline documentary, the new neo-Nazi documentary they have on Frontline, that shit really hurt my heart. Like, you're talking about families. Like, you guys are talking about them like they're animals, but these are people who have families and kids and moms and dads. Like, what the fuck is wrong with you? And where does this fucking white hate come from? That's the thing that really got me about that documentary. You know where this fucking white hate comes from? Let me tell you. Ease. When, when people get real comfortable, then they start thinking of all kinds of shit to be mad about. They start thinking of all the... When, when someone is spoiled, they want more. Being spoiled doesn't make you content. It should, right? You're getting everything you want. But being spoiled just makes you want more. Well, I have all the cake, but why does she have even one slice? I want that one slice too. Ease. You're talking about people who for generations were able to survive in a hostile place by no feat of their own doing. They did nothing. They bought and sold what to them was a commodity only. And that commodity created sustained and cultivated an entire way of life for them to enjoy and survive off of. Ease. The ease in slavery that white people enjoyed. And I'm not talking about the poor whites who were, walk, who were working alongside black people and uh, working alongside the enslaved. I'm not talking about the poor whites. I'm not talking about the indigenous. I'm, th- I'm talking about the white people who were sitting at the top of these power structures and all the little outlets that were associated with all the little satellites off that power structure that also had power of their own. I'm talking about those people. And I'm talking about them specifically because they're the ones who set the tone. Even for the poor whites. Okay. Those people enjoyed a level of ease that is so unnatural that it spoiled them. It turned them rotten. And that rotten sensibility continues to rot at the heart of this country to this day. And that's my friends, is how karma fucking works. Karma is a punishment that fits the crime. Do you understand? The karma for enslaving, robbing, torturing, murdering, raping, 
genetically fucking altering. An entire continent of people arbitrarily. The punishment for that. Well, it has to fit the crime. They built your nation. Sustained it. Made it what it is. And your ease and the hate that it produced will destroy that same nation. Let me tell you what, karma is a poet. (laughs) Watch that documentary. Watch, watch. You're going to see it. You're going to see where this is going. You're going to see that their hate is based solely on the fact that they know that they are no longer, there's no longer a place for them. They've become obsolete. The anger, the hate, the rage, their tactics, the words they use, the way they train, the way they accumulate arsenal, These are the actions, behaviors, and words of a thing that knows it is obsolete. If your identity as an American white man is that I sit on top of any power structure around me, you have become obsolete because those power structures no longer exist. Between social media, the internet, and e-commerce. The power structures that white men used to sit on top of, whichever power structure was in their vicinity, they were at the top of it. Well, those structures don't exist anymore. So the only structures that still exist where they can sit at the top, that aren't affected by financials, that aren't affected by the market, are the military and the police. And if you look at the newest numbers, what you'll see is that we spend more on our police than most people, most governments spend on their country's military. And one of the only countries that spends more on their military than our police is us. <laughs> welcome, welcome, welcome. Oh, there's so many TVs and so many so many uh, distractions in here that you forgot that this was a cell? Oh, uh, yeah. That's an old trick. So now, as that documentary plainly shows you, many, many, many of the people in the neo-Nazi movement are in the military. In fact, they have started sending kids into the military to learn new tactics, to steal weaponry. Oh yeah, oh yeah, go watch it. So they've realized that they're obsolete. So now they're taking the only two power structures that are still available to them and they're using those structures to fund their personal war against deletion. 
and they'll take out as many of us because apparently we're the we're the cause of them being rendered useless. It has never occurred to them. Again, this is what ease does to you. It has never occurred to them that they have been rendered obsolete by their own actions or or by their inaction. See, because if you're not working in the fields, you're not inventing the machines. And if you're not inventing the machines, your mind isn't even working that way. And if your mind isn't even working that way, uh, sorry, Kylie, it was just better with Jordan. Yeah, I mean, like, the special sauce is special sauce. And if you don't have the special sauce, like, why are you mad? Why are you mad when we can all cooperate and live together? Oh, you just thought the, the, the sauce was the ease? The way you get the sauce is that you gotta work. How are you going to get the sauce if you never did the thing? Okay, you don't, be, you don't have to be out there every day for the rest of your life picking cotton. But if you have never picked cotton, how do you know what kind of machine you need to come up with so people don't have to work this hard? See, it's not just about using the enslaved as a commodity. They were dumbing themselves down by doing it. That innovation that would have happened if they had been even a fraction more human. If they had worked alongside the people. If they had treated them like people. If there had been open dialogue. They dumbed themselves down with their cruelty. With their obscene laws. They made themselves stupid. Ease. And now they're mad because they don't have the sauce. Oh, the sauce must be in the melanin. The sauce must be. Yeah, yeah. It couldn't just be. It couldn't just be that they work hard or that they're smart. It has to be some supernatural shit, right? It couldn't just be that we're made all the same, but some of us aren't afraid to work hard. It couldn't just be that. It has to be something much more magical than that. Because if it's not magical and we all have the same 24 hours and we all have the same muscles and bones, then you're a fucking failure. Isn't that right? I told you before, I once had a guy from Indiana try to convince me that black men had an extra tendon in their foot. I said, Blake, if you can't deal with the fact that black men can jump higher than you, I understand that. But don't try to <laughs> listen, Mr. Moriart. Listen, what is it, Dr. Moreau? Listen, Dr. Moreau. <laughs> the island of Dr. Nobody's putting extra tendons in anyone. You just listen. <laughs> epigenetics is a real thing. Y'all fucked your epigenetics up. Y'all didn't work. Y'all had lives of ease. Y'all didn't innovate because. Of course my mom called.
And then I wouldn't tell her anything because I'm kind of upset with her. And, of course, my dad took the phone. And when my dad takes the phone, it's like Robert De Niro from Meet the Parents. Actually, there is no more apt or accurate description of my dad than Robert De Niro and Meet the Parents, except Danny Glover, except he looks like Danny Glover. So just imagine Danny Glover, but he acts like Robert De Niro from Meet the Parents. So you cannot lie to my dad. You cannot, because he's giving you that look. It's not even like the human lie detector. He's giving you that look deep into your eyes that he knows you're lying. So either you're going to end up telling the truth out of nervousness or you're going to laugh and give yourself away. And if you laugh, he's going to do the most disconcerting thing possible. He's going to laugh with you. (laughs) And not like a mean laugh. He's going to laugh with you in a mischievous way. Like you're laughing because you're lying. And now I'm laughing because you're lying. I'm not mad though. (laughs) I'm amused, which is a trick. Okay, this is a trick because when you think he's amused, then you're going to lay your guard down and be like, yeah, no. And then he's going to be like, ha ha, <laughs> no, you were like, tell me what's going on. And I was like, dad, I don't want to tell you. And he was like, you need to tell me what's going on. And he's like, you haven't been over here. And like, like, I literally go over there every day. So I haven't been over there in like four days. So obviously they're like, okay, what's this hunger strike about? I was like, you know, dad, I've just been a little bit upset with mom and I just didn't want to say anything. I just didn't want to bring it up. Um, because I just, I do, I feel like my mom's an incredible person and I don't want to upset her even when she doesn't provide the things that I need. I still don't see her as someone who deserves to be called out because of that, because I understand that it's not her fault, but that doesn't mean That doesn't mean I don't feel the lack of it, right? And that's a really, like, nuanced thing to explain on a FaceTime. But, of course, my parents are very, uh, deal with whatever is going on right now. Nothing can be left for later, ever. So, we ended up talking about it, and my mom was like, the thing is, like, You know, if you tell me that you're handling everything and you got it under control, I'm going to believe you. Now, if something's not under control and you need my help, then you need to tell me. But if you tell me everything's, you know, you're very convincing. When you say you don't need me, you, you, you do a good job. (laughs) And I believe you and, and, and I respect you. And I guess that's just how you are. Now, I don't have the heart to be like, no, you made me that way. (laughs) I learned not to need you Um, but that's not something that she'll ever understand because the level to which I need her and to which she provides for me is just above and beyond in every way what she ever got so in her mind according to her capacity she is and, and she is And she truly is a wonderful mother. But what she doesn't know, she doesn't know. (laughs) And sometimes the pain of knowing what she doesn't know is a lot. Fuck. 
it's a lot. It's the kind of a lot that makes you like wonder, you know, existentially, like what the fuck is this? And then you remember it's a test. And then you remember that misery and opposition and persecution and everything else is just a way to refine the soul. Anything that you are missing, anything that you know you should have had is just another indication of what this life is. Sure, you can be Buddhistic about it and you can say life is suffering, absolutely, but suffering is a test. Suffering either causes evolution or it causes apathy. Either you move forward or you die. Suffering is motivation. Suffering is what drives us. Do you remember what he says? The first matrix didn't take. That was the most interesting part of that movie for me. That one conversation that he has with Morpheus. Where an AI expresses a sensual side. He can smell it, if there is such a thing. Why didn't that Matrix take? Yes, for those of you who are hardcore podcast listeners, are we revisiting this? Absolutely we are. (coughs) Would you like to join an alliance with me? Absolutely, I would. If you don't get that, it's an office reference and it's just placed there for absolutely no reason except that what I said right before, it sounded a little bit like it and that's kind of how people who watch The Office are and I'm sorry if you're not one of those people because it's absolutely amazing to be one of those people. People who don't watch The Office, why are you not watching it? Do you not like joy? Do you think it's cool to do alcohol? Do you think... I'm sorry. We could we could be here all day with the office references. We could, it could just never end. <laughs> because I love archetypes and I love anything about archetypes and if that means that we're, you know, reading Chaucer's Canterbury Tales or watching the office, it's all the same to me, man. I like mythic archetypes. That's just my thing. And who's a fucking better archetype than Michael fucking Scott? Yo, it's just endless hours of watching the fool be a fool. As a tarot reader, honestly, if you're not watching The Office, there's so much insight you're missing out on in your clients because the archetypes are so fully fleshed out in the most important ways. Do they attract you or do they repel you? Are they smart or are they dumb? Are they so smart that they're dumb? Are they so dumb that they're smart? Like it's all there. It's all there. The harlot, the virgin, the frigid, the hot, the ambivalent, the friend zone. Oh, my God. The super conservative religious, the Aryan in your mist. Oh, my God. There's so much, bro. There's a fucking love. The office, the criminal, the criminal. Sitting right there in your midst, two criminals, the Scranton Strangler and Creed. Who's the Scranton Strangler? Fucking Toby. 
Come on. You knew Toby was a strange chick. You knew that, right? You knew that the pure-hearted fool would never hate anyone. Michael is not capable of hate. You know the only reason Michael Scott hates Toby is because Toby is a fucking evil person. Because Michael Scott is all good. How did we get on this? How did we get on this tangent? I'm so sorry. Oh, so it's Logan Paul. It's, It's Logan. He's the one that lost the monies. Dick. All right, let's go back to the list. What's next on the list? I like having this list. This is fun. Okay, five, just because corporations claim to be people for tax and liability purposes doesn't mean you should believe everything they say. Can you actually imagine how devoid of morality a living corporation avatar would be? They'd be a smiling face of apathy and disinterest until the bottom line button got pushed. Then they'd smother you with attention to buy their product. Wait. Is this a love bomb pod? Are we talking about love bombing? Okay, so Dr. Shunker of South Africa has figured out that this is an allergen. The spike protein is an allergen. You know who figured it out three months ago? My mom. Three months ago, my mom started saying, everybody should just take anti-allergy pills. I took anti-allergy. I feel fine. Someone else got sick. She gave them anti-allergy pills. They got fine. She keeps telling people to take antihistamine responses, and they keep getting better. Here's Dr. Shunker talking to the Corona Commission in Germany, the Corona Board, and he's telling them the same thing. He's telling them what he's observing in his patients, which is that the spike protein is an allergen and people are having allergic reactions to it, which is why you have people in the same house who are negative and positive and also why the tests don't work at all. Because it's a fucking allergen. Okay. But that window was created. Dr. Tucker also said a lot of other crazy shit about how it's being or has been built to affect different... Oh, watch the interview. I don't even want to go there right now. Watch the interview. This is exactly what I thought. What he says in that interview is exactly what the fuck I thought was going on. And what I have thought the whole time. What does gene therapy have to do with a fucking allergen? Explain it to me. Explain it to me. It has nothing to do with it. Nothing. At all. But for people who are allergic, certain genetic types, okay, it's causing such an enormous histamine response, but it's three days delayed. So by the time the body feels it, the body feels it all at once. It's like three days of histamine response hits you all at once. Now your fucking lungs are full of mucus. Now your fucking nose is full. Now you can't fucking breathe. Now you, because... What should have been happening for three days, response to an allergen, didn't. Three days later, it hits you all at once. You're going to fucking die. But he has all these thousands of patients and none of them have died. And he's treated every one of them for histamine response. This motherfucker's figured out what the fuck this thing is. But you can't vaccinate against an allergen. Can you? Hmm. It's something to think about. But the fact that so many of you think 
that a multi-billion dollar global corporation has your interests at heart in any way, whether it's pharmaceutical or otherwise, it's just boggling to the mind. Do you also believe in the fucking tooth fairy? What the fuck is wrong with you? What happened? People start getting sick and all of a sudden you lose all your fucking mental facilities? What's wrong with you? All of a sudden, you think these companies who've never given a fuck about you in any way, who don't care if your fucking kids are born blind when you're working on the fucking DuPont assembly line, you think, have you ever watched the fucking eight-hour documentary, the four-hour documentary called The Corporation? Who do you think you're dealing with? You think you're dealing with people? You think you're dealing with some kind of person sitting behind a desk somewhere who cares that people are dying and wants to make sure that they live? I hate to break it to you, but there's no person sitting behind any fucking desk making that decision. You're talking about a fucking global pharmaceutical company. There's no person with compassion sitting behind a desk signing shit to make sure you I, you guys all don't die. Are you fucking for real? Yo, it makes me mad to even have to say this shit out loud. How fucking old are you? Have you ever read a book? Have you ever, I don't know, read a newspaper? You ever pick up The Economist? Do you have any idea what kind of track records these companies have that you, that you seem to think give a fuck about your well-being? Oh, no, no. Well, they care now because, because the world is going to end if they don't care. They're just doing their job. Are you out of your fucking mind? The environment has been being slowly destroyed for years. There are people dying of very curable illnesses. Cures that have been actively blocked by the companies that are now saving your lives. Are you out of your mind? I ask you again, how fucking old are you? Were you fucking born yesterday? These same companies that have on purpose bought and destroyed technologies and, and, and modalities for healing, bought patents and buried them so they can keep pushing their medicines. They, these companies with these track records? Because the thing is, you could be mad at me because I'm pointing the finger at the moon. But why don't you look at the moon for a second? Go look their fucking history up. Go look at their fucking track records. You're dealing with people. You think you're dealing with people. But you're not dealing with people. You're dealing with an entity. That entity is its own personage. And the only thing that person wants that entity wants is money. How can you, as a fucking functioning adult, think that an entity that only cares about money, and if you think that's not accurate, go fucking look it up. How can you think that that entity gives a fuck about you? Well, maybe it doesn't give a fuck about me, but it won't have any host to live off of if we all die. Bro, who says they're going to kill you? They don't have to keep... They don't have to make you well to keep you as a customer. 
They just have to not kill you. That's who, That's where the bar is? <laughs> I feel like that's my new motto, just in life. The bar is in hell. Really? That's the bar? Hmm. Moving on. Six. This actually scared me real bad. Let's go to six. I think it's the blood type one. Oh, yeah. If you get the wrong blood type for a transfusion, one of the symptoms is a sense of impending doom. How interesting. Your blood and the makeup of your blood being so tied to your psychology. A sense of impending doom is a very strong statement. Have you ever felt a sense of impending doom? I felt it for a minute when I watched the first tower fall. I mean, I was trying to watch. There were just tears pouring out of my eyes. I was so pissed. An impending sense of doom. The wrong blood. Poison. Poison to you. Filling up your veins. Moving slowly. Through all your organs. Slowly. Shutting them down. An impending sense of doom. How much of what we're putting in our bodies is making us feel things? Why is not our entire society built around that knowledge? Why is the food we eat and the things we see and the colors we wear all not taken into account when we're talking about our feelings and our mood and our impending sense of doom. I'll tell you why. Because the feedback mechanism between what you see and what you wear and what you eat and how you feel is what creates the matrix around you. So it is extremely necessary to keep those connections cut and never ever let them work in synergy because what would happen if you were eating things that express the genes you need to be even more calm and even better at manipulating the matrix. What happens if you coupled that food with behavior that made you even more calm, therefore even more able to affect the matrix? What would happen if you then coupled what you were eating and what you were doing with what you were seeing and what you were hearing because of how it made you feel? And finally, what if then you also took into account 
what you were wearing and how that made you feel. If you look around for a moment at the people you know, is it not the people you know that have the deepest feelings and care for their feelings the most that end up being the master manifestors for better or for worse? Is it not people who are preoccupied with having good feeling? Is it not people who go out of their way to create environments, situations, music, drink, food, lighting, ambiance, texture, etc.? Is it not the people who understand the nuance that creates feeling that seem to be able to manifest the best? Now, don't think for a second that manifesting means you don't have problems. Just because you can play around and get some bonus rounds in the game doesn't mean that you're still not here to play the game. This is what the fuck is wrong with the secret. You're not here to just manifest shit, dude. That's like walking into, like, the extra tunnel where Mario gets, like, the coins, you know? Those secret tunnels where there's nothing in there, it's just coins. That's not the whole fucking game. Imagine if that's what the whole fucking game was. Imagine... (laughs) Drink something. Imagine if the whole fucking game (laughs) was just going into these tunnels and collecting the coins. That's what you, uh, manifesting junkies, like that's what you're doing. That's what you think you're doing. Or that's what you think this game is for. You're wasting your fucking time. Manifestation is fun. Yes, it's, it's, it can add a lot of flair and a lot of life and a lot of joy to the the shit that you're going to have to go through anyway. Because you're going to have to go through the shit. Okay, this is where most of your modern new age philosophies fall short. I can teach you how to be in bliss all the time. You can just be happy all the time. Here, what are you fucking talking about? Buddha already tried that shit. They kept him in a completely blissful state his whole life. And he was like, this sucks. I want to go outside. (laughs) This sucks. I want to go outside. I'm going outside. Fuck you. You can't stop me. As soon as he got outside and he saw what, what he was seduced by it. He was so drawn to it. Suffering, suffering, what? Suffering, suffering. That's why the first matrix didn't take, didn't he say? Suffering. You are not here just to manifest and collect gold coins. Get your fucking head out your ass. That's the stupidest thing you could possibly be doing. I'm just here to have fun. I'm just here to have a good time. I'm just here. Okay, great. If you want to have a good time while you jump these hurdles and learn these lessons and evolve, that's fucking great on you. But if you think that you can choose to just have the good times and not have to run the hurdles and not have to evolve, then I'm sorry, you signed up for the wrong fucking game because that's not what this board is about. This board is hard as shit, okay? So what happens is if you don't give people that piece of the puzzle, when the hardest shit stuff starts happening to them, they start taking it out on themselves. Oh, maybe I must not be in a state of bliss. I must not be one with the, with the, with the, you know, whatever. I must have pissed off my soul twin. What do you call it? Soul flame soul. Whatever the fuck you guys call it. I must have pissed him or her off somewhere or them somewhere, right? You start, you start finding ways to then blame yourself for the shit because you have now convinced yourself that as long as you stay quote-unquote, in the whatever, centered, still in the bliss, whatever, nothing bad should ever happen to you. This is the biggest crock of shit ever. All it does is teach you how to hate yourself. 
Because the more the hardest shit stuff shows up and the more you try to stick to your bliss, <laughs> the more you're going to beat yourself up for being a piece of shit because you can't seem to do it. <laughs> you can't seem to make these problems go away. No, you can't. <laughs> no, you can't because God gave you these problems. Okay, I know we don't like to often have these conversations, but 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 like, please stop with this like ridiculous semi Christian argument. (laughs) It's not even really a Christian argument. Not everything bad is from the devil because not everything you think is bad is bad. (laughs) This is the issue with principalities. I'm laughing because I'm uncomfortable, not because I think it's funny. I know it's hard to believe that because I sound like I'm having such a good time. Right. This is what pissed me off about Walking Phoenix's portrayal of what I actually have. He made it seem like he was in pain, but like it's not accurate. Like it's actually just laughing. It actually sounds like I think it's funny, but I don't think it's funny. I'm really uncomfortable. I have to do this a lot when I do personal readings for people. I'm like, I'm so sorry. I'm not laughing. <laughs> like it's such a it's such a liability sometimes because no, I'm just really uncomfortable. The principality's argument is. It's so flawed in that you have to take into account that people think people think that like things that inconvenient them <laughs> inconvenience them are from the devil, you know, <laughs> or they're not like you know writing their manifestations down enough times, or they're not you know their belief is not strong enough. That's why bad things are happening to them. My goodness, what an intensely destructive, abusive belief system. No, bro, you're hardships are a gift from God. You must understand this. Your hardships are a gift that you have been given a puzzle to solve. And in the solving of that puzzle, your soul will be refined. And hopefully you will be given enough gifts. Inshallah, you will be given enough gifts, enough hardships and enough ease. They are both gifts depending on how they are given. Remember ease. We talked about how ease can be a punishment. Okay. So these things are given to you as gifts and inshallah, hopefully they will be given to you so many times. You will be given so many hardships, so many puzzles to solve that you will become refined and evolved enough to get through the many, 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 many layers of heaven. The many, many, many layers of consciousness until you can get to be in the presence of the supreme consciousness. This is the goal. If that is the goal, then bring it on. Yeah, you're going to have fun through it. Of course you're going to have fun through it. Of course, yeah, do all that shit. But if you think that there is any other objective to this game than that, I'm sorry to tell you, but that principality argument completely applies to you. Yo, this secret shit is completely demonic. I've been telling you this shit for a minute. This secret stuff, the manifestation stuff that they see, all this shit, the Christians are right. They're not being crazy. This shit is mad demonic because what it's making you think is that this material world is everything. And that you're in this material world to, to, to have and be of this world. No, bro. the secret that way of thinking it's a shackle it's something that 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 shackles you to this dunya it shackles you to this world and it makes you think that that's a good thing on top of which it doesn't work 
what it actually does is it puts wealth into your heart but not in your pocket if you go to my instagram story today you're gonna see one of the shakes that i follow he's talking about how once wealth is in your heart it destroys you you can have wealth all around you and it can be a barakat it can be it can be barakat it can be a a, a boon it can be a blessing of course as long as you don't have it inside you now if you have wealth inside you in your heart most chances are you're not going to have it around you either people who are every person i know that is supremely materialistic ain't got shit they don't and even the shit they do have is just not fly it's just whack because the love of money makes you whack you can smell it on people you can see it in their eyes people with a love of money to me it's like i'm looking at them through a glaze in their eyes like i can't really see them all i see is their want of money it's very very obvious you know how they say you saw dollar signs in someone's eyes like that the love of wealth to have that wealth in your heart remember money is not the cause of all ills money is not the root of all evil the love of money when you have wealth the love of wealth in your heart you ain't got shit because one you ain't got the material world either the material world is not attracted to that i'll tell you that even this dunya doesn't want that it's it's offensive even to this fucked up dunya okay and for, forget anything else forget the spiritual realm forget the astral they don't want you at all because you've made yourself so low so base so the dunya is not attracted to you and the spiritual world is outright rejecting you this is what the secret breeds a love of wealth it is truly a handbook on how to damn yourself not only in the in the in the next but here now as well i'll tell you like this the person who introduced me to the secret was running a pyramid scheme at the time <laughs> yeah let's get back to the list oh i'm obsessed with this list i'm obsessed with having a list structure i kind of thrive on structure again this is why i like virgos seven and aries just being themselves and everyone being completely captivated by it literally every photo of my mom with a group looks like this mashallah it's true it's true it's absolutely true Robert Downey Jr. is the perfect Aries and so the perfect soldier and so perfectly fit to play the perfect soldier Iron Man. But astrology is not real. And just look at the way they're looking at him. Just look at how they're looking at each other and laughing about what he's saying. Just look at how proud they are to be just in the same group as him he is the main character and they are all over the moon that he is how often does that happen usually everyone wants to be the main character how often 
do you see a group of people just gush over not being the main character? You know what that requires? You know what kind of people give up their own main character moments? People who feel inspired. People who feel the strong hand of leadership. And they are called to it. The thing that makes Aries so amazing is that they have no problem taking the lead. And that may seem like not much of a big deal, except most all of you couldn't do it if you had to. You see, taking the lead means being okay with the unknown. It means living right at that razor's edge of time. One foot in the future, anything could happen. You need to have very high self-esteem for that. Anything could happen. Can you handle it? The Aries says, of course I could. The Taurus says, no, but I'm glad Aries is in front of me because they can handle anything. I'm just going to walk right through that open door. They're going to kill everything in its path, in their path first. Gemini comes skipping through the door. Flowers in their hair. No one's even told them that there was ever a war. They have no idea. They'll read about it though one day. Or maybe when Taurus is feeling generous, they'll sit down and tell them the story of the war one day. But Ares, Ares won't be around to tell the story of how they conquered time and pushed through and brought us all here. No, they'll be too busy fighting another war, pushing through another wall. Glory is something you kind of have to do behind their back or sitting to the side while they accept an award. They don't even have time for that. No, their glory is found somewhere on a horse, somewhere in the middle of a battle, raging. A battle they will undoubtedly win. And we will all undoubtedly gush and wonder, how did they do it? How did she get there? That's a Rick and Morty reference. We should all be so lucky as to have a leader like that in our lives, whether they are hard on us or not, whether they give us everything we need or not. And that is the harsh truth that the Cancer Moon brings us. Yeah, okay, so you didn't get everything you needed. Okay. Yeah, sure, it fucked you up in ways that, geez, may take a long time to heal from. Yeah, okay. Yeah, it fucked you up in physiological ways that you got to rehabilitate from. Maybe even spend a lot of money. Okay. But you know what? It's your life and you're a fucking adult and you can do it if you want to. And when you feel like you can't, come back and listen to this. You can. You feel like you can't because everything in your epigenetics and everything in your programming is telling you that you can't, but you can. Trust me, you can. All that stuff that's telling you that you can't, <laughs> it's just the noise your dad or your mom or somebody else filled your head with. It's not true. It's just lies. But you've believed those lies for so long that right now, even thinking about it, it's giving you a headache or a stomach ache or making you sweat. No, Umber, I really can't do it. No, you can. That's your programming right there, kicking in. It's telling you. Don't listen to her. 
She doesn't know what she's talking about. She doesn't know your problems. She doesn't know how bad it is. You can't. You can't do it, bro. Yeah, you can. That voice, that voice is lying to you. I tell you what, right now when my mom called, my dad took the phone from her. He made me tell him what was going on. Before I gave the phone back to my dad, you know what he said to me? He said, listen to me. You can do anything. And you know what? It triggered every other time in my life where he has looked at me and he has said that and I knew he meant it. So my healthy programming is telling you, and I just spent hours telling you about my faulty programming. So we are all in the same fucking boat. But I got a little bit lucky that I got a little bit of a lifeline here and I'm going to use it and I'm going to throw that lifeline to you as well. You can do it. It just feels like you can't. It's not insurmountable. Yeah, I know. It's a lot. Yeah, it's years and years and years and years and you're probably terrified inside. And you probably have days where you're more destructive than you could ever admit to anyone. And you have other days where you don't even understand what the fuck you're doing here. I get it. And I'm telling you, you can still do it. You can still fix whatever's bothering you. You can still have a completely new life. You can still meet someone. You can still fall in love. You can still do you can still make that money. You can still get that degree. You can still have that kid. You can still do anything that right now you think you can't do. Any doors that seem close to you, I promise you, in two weeks from now, those doors will open. But right now, we are at the low of the low, and this goddamn cancer moon on top of it just wants to fucking grind us into the fucking dirt. Because you ain't got the fucking answers. And now this fucking Cancer Moon wants to make you super emotional. About what? About not having the fucking answers. About making you spill your guts to people that you would rather not tell that you don't have the fucking answers. And you know, a glorious thing happens. Uranus wakes up tomorrow and goes, you know what? Oh, and, and, and the moon does its little fuckery and slides right into Leo tonight. And it's like, oh, bye, by the way. Because it doesn't want to get fucked up. It's like, you know what? I can't stay. <laughs> Sorry, got to go. Bye. And fucking leaps right into Leo. And Uranus goes direct. So, yeah, right now you may feel like, what the fuck are you shining this light on? Because there's nothing here to shine this light on except that I don't know the fucking answers. You want me to tell the whole world I don't know the fucking answers? That's what you want from me? You want me to cry my fucking eyes out? And tell the fucking world that I don't have the answers. This is, this is what we're doing? You want me to expose all my vulnerabilities? This is what we're fucking doing? Yeah, this is what we're fucking doing, apparently. But don't worry. Because tonight, everything will start to make sense a little bit more. On the 24th, things start to make sense a little bit more. By the time we get to February 4th, things start to make sense a little bit more. And the things right now that I swear to you seem completely impossible to solve they will inshallah be solved and i'll tell you why because you you can do anything you can you can handle it 
You can organize it. You can find people who will help you. You can find people who will fund you. You can find people who will house you. You can find people who will love you. You can find people who will feed you. You can find people who will commiserate with you. You can find people who will support you. You can do anything. As long as there is a caveat here. Okay, because I don't want to just give you bullshit. That's not me. (laughs) That's not me. I tell you what, you don't have to like me. You can even hate me. But don't ever fucking tell you, don't ever fucking say that I didn't tell you how it was. <laughs> and I pride myself on that. You can fucking call me every name in the book. You can be pissed at me for the rest of your fucking life because of what I did to you or what I didn't do to you. I don't give a fuck. But never will you be able to say that I didn't fucking tell you how it was. This is how it is. Okay? So all that shit is true. You could do it. You could do it. But, 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 and this is the most important part. The caveat is this. Your ikhlaq must be on point. This is something that I talked about in the Virgo reading. You should go watch it. Also because I look fucking amazing, mashallah. But also for other reasons. I try to, I do that every time. Because it's a personal fuck you for me. It doesn't matter how the other videos look. In the Virgo video, I'm gonna make you wish every fucking time I'm going to make you wish that you had fucking jumped off a bridge instead of not being with me. That's my motivation. Just so you know. Hey, Cancer Moon. Fuck you. Yo, what is it in me? Like Cancerian tendency. They just... They grind my gears, you know? You know the way you tell a pearl is real is you have to rub it against your teeth and if it feels grainy, then it's real. And if it feels smooth then it's fake. That just fucking tells you everything about water signs that you need to know. So pretty, so beautiful, rough as fuck. Look smooth as hell, rough as fuck, because they real. (laughs) Fuck you, Cancer Moon. All right, your ikhlaq must be on point. I don't actually mean that, okay? You're my rising, I don't mean that. There's no reason collectively, Cancer Moon, to get fucking pissed at me. Although every Cancer Moon I've ever met, which is one, has tried to, like, wring the life out of me. Um, emotionally. So, ikhlaq. What is ikhlaq? Ikhlaq, you know, utna bertna, ana jana, kana pina. Standing up, sitting down, going here, there, eating, drinking. How you speak to people. How lightly your foot touches the ground. You know why people are freaked out in big spaces with me? You know why I sneak up on people? Because I walk with so much humility. My steps are silent because I don't like being that hard to the ground. I sit down very slowly, very deliberately, because I don't like bouncing off of things or throwing my whole weight on things. I find it disrespectful. Your ikhlaq is tied to the tariqa, the way that you do things. Your ikhlaq is the way you do things with others. The way you speak to them. The way you don't speak to them. The things you say, the things you won't say. You understand? That you have to do. You can do anything, but first you have to do that. You have to be kind. You have to be compassionate. You can't always be thinking of yourself. 
You have to be helpful. You have to be honest. You have to be genuine. You can't lie your way into doing that. You have to be selfless. You have to think of others. If your ikhlaq is on point, you can do anything. You know why? Because people, when they band together, they can do anything. You by yourself, I don't know. I don't know if you could do anything. I don't know. I don't know you well enough. But if your ikhlaq is on point, I know without knowing you personally that you can do anything. Because people, when they band together, they can do anything. You see what I'm saying? There are things you need to do. And let me put a spiritual component to this. And I've told you this before. Drink something. Hukukul ibad is higher than hukukul khuda. The laws of man and the way in which you must treat man is higher on the list of priorities in the way that you must treat God. So there is a spiritual component to having good ikhlaq and being good to people and being kind to people and watching how you speak to people. The reason people seem to think that I have such a terrible temper is probably because you're only going to see it once or twice in your life. You're only going to see it when things have gone far beyond the pale. That being good to people, of course, you do it because it's the right thing to do, but also you must understand that the spiritual component is that you are doing the will of the Almighty. The Almighty has told you, to be good to people is the thing that I require of you first, before you are good to me, before you pray to me, before you sacrifice to me, before you give to the poor, before you do anything. You have to be good to the person next to you. You have to be good to the people around you. You must. And if you do that, regardless of how you were raised or what you were told or how much of a piece of shit you thought you were, if you do that, and if you do it with the intention of it being your celebration of the Almighty, your version of prayer, your version of meditation, if you do it with intention, you can do anything. Every door will open for you because next to every door there is a person. And if you are good to people, whether or not that specific person does the thing for you doesn't matter. We are a collective of energy. If you are good to someone, that goodness will come back to you over and over and over again. Your trauma does not stand a chance against karma is what I'm trying to tell you. You go out here and you be the best that you can be to people and you will see how karma, the universe, the almighty, whatever floats your fucking boat, heals what is inside you. You see, you watch, watch. It happens like magic. And every time you help, and every time you're vulnerable, and every time you're open and compassionate, you will be rewarded 
every single time. Nothing, no thought, no intention, no emotion, no action is unaccounted for in this perfect infinite system. Now that is either the most liberating thing you've ever heard or the scariest thing you've ever heard. And if it is the scariest thing you've ever heard, then I I ask you to please look at your actions. Look at how you are. Look at how you are with people. Look at how you are with yourself. If you don't know how you are with people, if you don't have an accurate enough uh, idea of how you come across to people, look at how you treat yourself. The people pleasers are going, no, that's not true because I treat myself like shit and I'm really good to other people. Yeah, you think you're really good to other people. But you have an agenda. You're just using them so you feel better about yourself and that's not really being good to people. You're being as shitty to them as you're being to yourself. I'm sorry to be the one to tell you that. Let's get back to the list. You see, this is why it's good to have a list. Okay. Eight. There is nothing else. And my success is not but through Allah. Well, there is nothing else. This is a game. This is a game that you're designed to win, but also a game where you are tested in what you're made of. Where is your honor? Where does your honor lie? You know what I'm here to do? I'm here not to embarrass God. That's my purpose here. I'm just here not to be an embarrassment. I'm just here because I know there's a wager going on. I know there's a game being played. I'm here to rep my set and just not embarrass myself in front of the other team. The other team seems to think that we're pieces of shit and we shouldn't have been created and we're ultimately going to be a disappointment and that they're going to be proven right. Okay, well, I'm here to not be a disappointment and not be a liability to my team. That's it. That's my whole role here. There is nothing else for me. If there's anything else, it is a very, very, very distant second priority. The only priority is not embarrassing my set. That's it. That's it. And by, by my set, I mean goodness. I mean God. I'm just not going to do anything that like the devil can look at God and be like, you see, I told you they were pieces of shit. I fucking told you. I'm just not. That's my whole purpose. There's nothing else. There's literally nothing else. There's literally nothing else. I just feel like it's a personal job for me to keep the honor that God has given me and to, to be worthy of it and to be an example of it. That's it. Other than that, everything is fucking nothing. What is it? I don't know. I don't know. What is it? Disney World? Fuck Disney World. Nine. Ooh, it's a close-up picture of me. I'm obsessed with the way my lips look in this picture. And I want my lips to look like this all the fucking time. Completely fucking obsessed. I'm obsessed with the fact that there's no filter on this picture. I'm obsessed with the fact that, that my ring light even shows the circular scar on my nose that nobody knows I have. I'm obsessed with the way I did my eyeliner in this picture. And more than anything, I think I'm just obsessed with the fact that I love myself and that brings me to something I was watching in Frija, you know, Gia from Singles Inferno, her YouTube is amazing. So I was watching Frija and um, she was saying how she, someone asked her about being confident and she was like, the thing is like, you know how much my parents love me? Like her parents really love her a lot and are very like doting parents and she's like, yeah, I love myself more than my parents love me. Boom, roasted. What? 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 Yes. All fucking day, bitch. I fucking love that girl so fucking much. You have no idea. 
Okay, last slide. Number 10, fave new word, betoken. It's a verb. Old English, 15th century. One, be a sign of, indicate. Of course, indicative is one of my favorite words. Of course, I needed another word for that. Two, be a warning or indication of a future event. I mean, that one's almost too on the nose. Betoken. And then, ooh, 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 they use it in a sentence. I love that part. Oh, I cut that. No, it's there. Examples of betoken in a sentence. A smile that reaches the eyes can betoken genuine happiness. Mm-hmm. There's not much to say about that, except you're going to hear me using that word a lot now. <laughs> oh, and that brings me to a point that I've been wanting to make. This idea that somehow education stops and some people are just smart and other people aren't is total horseshit. Um, also, this idea that if you didn't go to some kind of like institutional schooling, that means that you're stupid or uneducated is also total bullshit. I think it should be a very 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 high priority in fact the priority that i told you i have which is not to embarrass god while i'm here or not to like do anything to embarrass myself therefore embarrass god yeah learning every day and being a self-educated mastermind is definitely part and parcel of priority number one it is your responsibility to be highly well educated it has nothing to do with money it has nothing to do with class it has nothing to do with status it has nothing to do with anything except that it is absolutely your fucking job it has nothing to do with anything it is your fucking job to be highly highly educated and to be learning all the time and to be taking all the necessary steps to continue to learn all the fucking time one because it's sexy as fuck two because it's fucking necessary in this changing world Three, there's no way to stay as moral as you want to in this landscape that's, that's changing this fast unless you're constantly learning and adding to your arsenal. If that means that you need to pick up philosophy, pick up philosophy. If that means you need to learn math or coding, do that. Whatever you need to do to start filling in the fucking gaps here, do it. Because you know where you're lacking. If you haven't read the classics, fucking get the fucking audiobooks. No, seriously, if like, I'm just going to be like a bitch for a second now. If you don't, if you have never read the words or heard the words read to you of the Great Gatsby and the Sun Also Rises and Moby Dick and all that, fucking get on it, please. These books are not just recommended because your English teachers all had hard-ons for the same writers. These writers are recommended because there is profound knowledge in these books. There are ways to emotionally translate what you go through. There are moments of catharsis that you will need when you get older. There are things in these books that you need to understand, emotional experiences that you have not had that are profound and that you need to experience through the reading of the thing. It is your job to be a highly educated person. It's your obligation because there is no way to stay abreast of all the shit and temptation and everything else that's going to come at you. All the different ways to embarrass you, let's put it that way, if you're not on top of your shit. I'm going to tell you right now, that shit I told you about the allergen and this and that, I knew this shit was coming. You know how I know my mom is right? I knew when my mom said it. You know why? Because I've taken fucking years and years and years of microbiology. You know, for what? For nothing. Because I fucking love it. I knew this was a fucking immunoglobulin E reaction. I knew that already. Because I remember having my fucking mind blown during my post back when I asked about allergies. 
And my, my professor was like, yeah, it's because in certain genetic groups that come from places where there's lots of parasites, your body makes an overabundance of immunoglobulin E because it's used to having that force ready when the parasites come in to kill it. But if you don't have parasites and you come to a place that doesn't have parasites, you're probably going to get fucking allergies because the immunoglobulin E is there, but it has nothing to fight. So it, so it makes up things to fight. You understand what I'm saying? I knew something was triggering that reaction, which was causing this intense mucus response, this intense immune response. But the way the guy put it together, how was he able to do that? Because he's well-educated. How was I able to do it? Because I'm well-educated. There are things thrown at you in so many different directions that you can't possibly keep abreast of it all and make the right decisions if you are not constantly learning, you know, in every way. You have to. Yeah, I'm yeah, I know a lot about fucking microbiology, but I also know what, what the fuck is going on in the market and I also know what the fucking NFT is. It is your responsibility. And it will raise your self-esteem because the more you know, the more able you are to handle a situation that comes up. Right? Aries are so fun to talk to because they do live on that edge and they know to, that to live and survive on that edge, one foot in the future, that they need to constantly be learning. There's not a course my mom hasn't taken. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? Good? Boom. I love you. You know that, right? Nod your head that you know. I love you. <laughs> Nod your I love you. You are loved. And the way love works, there's no time, no space, there's no distance, there's only the singularity between hearts. You are loved now. In this moment. Wherever you are. Whoever you are. You are loved. Deeply. And we all care that you're here. And we all feel your presence because we're all connected. It's your girl, DJ.